Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one true God, forever. Amen. A lot of uh, respected actions. Our brothers work here, our brothers and sisters who are far. The gospel portion today, we hear the words of Christ. You give them something to eat. This command seems reasonable enough, right? I mean, I don't know about you all, but I know how to make a really good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. To feed another person is not that big of an issue. However, it's the number of people that trips us up. 5,000 people? In other honesty, that is more than 4,999 people that I can afford to feed. So why does Christ tell his 12 disciples to do this impossible task? Is it merely to show them his own power to provide for those in need? I don't think that this is the case. If we look at the general epistle reading for today as well, we see another seemingly impossible task. A Christian, Ananias, having to go to the greatest persecutors of Christians at the time, who is St. Paul. Uh, Saint Paul. But not only that, he had to heal Saul and baptize him and bring him into the Christian fold. This is why I don't think that Christ commands the disciples to simply show his own power. But instead, I think he does so in order to break this illusion of impossibility. Now let me clarify. This illusion is one that masks the good works which we are called to do and make it seem as though it is impossible to do them. If you still don't know what I mean, then I'll say it plainly. As Christians, there are certain commandments of God or traditions of the church which we make excuses for why we cannot do them. For example, we are called to be peacemakers, correct? Well, for the children who are listening, when you are at school and you see someone getting bullied, how often is your response to just be a bystander and watch? And most likely, you're thinking that you can't do much anyway to help that person in need. How about now during this pandemic? How often do we think, I can't afford to give to charity because it's my money and I need it now? Or worse yet, how often do we believe that we're doing enough as Christians? As an aside, I must mention this. Christianity is one of continuous growth. Stagnation in the spiritual sense is a sign of some type of spiritual illness. Therefore, I want to emphasize this point. Christ does not ask his followers, but commands them specifically to go. He always tells them 
to actively seek out those people in order to help them. At the end of Nirvana today, you will hear Ajahn even say uh, certain words in this manner, that we have received the provisions from the atoning altar of our Lord. Go now in peace. One of our beloved saints, Saint Jacob Saru, puts it beautifully in one of his songs, which we sing during the Great Lent. He says, O you who fast, call to the poor and give them bread. And not when they come to you, but go after them. For the fields do not go after the ones who sow, but those who sow carry seeds and go to the field. When the poor knock, do not tell them, the Lord will give. Those words are vain, and they will bring no reward to you. Instead, give, and then you may say, the Lord provides, for the poor know better than you that God provides. This is why there is no such thing as a, as a passive Christian. We as Christians must actively seek out and help those who are suffering. In practice, this means that again, little children, when classes begin again in this fall semester, and you happen to see someone being bullied, your role as a Christian is to let an adult know what is happening and to try and make friends with the victim to help relieve their suffering. And for those working adults, we have many options to be an active Christian. And the least of those options should, be, should not be merely to throw money at the issue. I know it's impossible to do it now, but when uh, the pandemic is over and homeless people receive the homeless people in the street, instead of merely giving them money, speak with them. Ask if they want something to eat. Or better yet, just have a conversation with them. They are people who are probably starved of human contact and compassion. Again, this is a commandment of God that we go to those who are suffering and aid them in any way possible. I hope you are all staying safe at home and I pray that we will once again seek worship together in this community. I pray this all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Pradeep, for that wonderful message. We're so happy that you could be with us today in the Divine Liturgy. My dear beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, today we remember Daniel Achin of Chicago, now the former vigar of Dalwood Church. He passed away from this earthly abode, the heavenly abode, this past week. I knew him. On many occasions, I went to Chicago to preach more than I could count.
On two occasions, he had invited me to his parish to preach, to teach his youth. And I remember clearly how loving he was, how compassionate he was. He was indeed a true pastor, a true priest of the Orthodox Church. Let's remember him today and let's pray for him. Your priest shall be clothed in righteousness and your saints in glory. Thank you. 